Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live! Two for one on the slider. Here comes Banner Iden. Wired Access. Welcome, everybody, to Herd At Sports Production of Wired Access. I'm the host, DJ K-Dub Omaha. We actually have here a sprint car racer at the age. I don't even know when he started, but uh, Cole, the Cole Train, Vander Heiden. His dad, Mark Vander Heiden, who actually started the racing blood in the family, I believe, but we'll get into that. I have the man, the myth, the legend. If you are a not sweet 98 person, uh, this is Brian. He's actually a uh, spoon man is my guy. Uh, without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. He uh, challenged me. He told me don't I had to bring him. the people. <laughs> had to bring him onto the show right off the bat. We got to bring it down. Start it off right. Uh, welcome, guys. So obviously, our idea of this show is always to try to bring out some of the stories, some of the struggles, some of the stuff that you have to deal with day in and day out. But I mean. You don't just drive these vehicles that are going. What's the fastest they can go now? Uh, probably around 100. Is All right, so 100 around a very short dirt track at that. You're not just driving them, but you're learning how to work on them yourself. What, you know, if you, if you go back, Mark, to think of when this started for you, because without your learning and without your doing, he would never be where he is today. What was the, what was the driving point for you to get into racing? Well, I mean, it started before me. My dad raced, my uncle raced, my other uncle races, my cousins race. We're all from Iowa. They, it, racing's been around my family my whole life. So um, I always wanted to race, but I never really had the opportunity to do it. And then probably, what was it, 2013 is when I first got my first car. And my dad, I went to the races and went with a friend again and watched. And I said, I really want to do this. So um, my dad found a car in a cornfield, literally. And, uh, really? I bought it or we bought it. And then, uh, just started, I started from scratch basically at that point. And then just kept getting better and better parts every year. The next year we got a better car, better parts. But then, I mean, to take the story off of me to hurry it up, I guess is when we decided to do Gina V physical therapy. So I sold all of my racing stuff at that point and then grew up to took two or three years off. And then I came back in 18 and 19 and raced in 18 and 19. And that's when Cole, I got Cole started in go-karts in 2019. Well, and and as we're getting to the 2019, obviously, Cole, you're a multi-sport athlete. But when do you remember starting at a racetrack? When do you remember just even watching your dad at a racetrack? What's your first memory? Oh, when I used to, back when he raced in like 2013, I, I remember going there every week and getting my ice cream and just sitting there watching the races every week. And, and when you speak of those terms, obviously, what are some of the tracks that you might have went to or that you remember that aren't even still around anymore? Well, I started at Eagle Raceway, and that's our that what we say our home track is in between Lincoln and Omaha here. So um, I never got to race at I-80, the one that just closed down. That's the one that we lost. So Cole actually raced there his last race last year. So he got to race there before they closed the track down, I guess. So um, and we raced up in Columbus, Nebraska. I raced in Denison a couple times, as does he. He also raced in Columbus, and then I went down to um, there's US 36 Speedway down in Missouri that I went to. I didn't go very often. I mean, I was a short term open trailer. I mean, I didn't have, have some fun. I, see I what just happens. Went for fun, I went and raced, and we had a great time. Like you said, it's 
you see the good pictures. So he's grew up around it. I mean, since I guess that would have been, he would have been five or six, I guess, when I first started. So, so even though you feel like you might not have got to your highest point, now you're seeing Cole get going here. Cole, last year you were rookie of the year. Is that correct? How did that feel? Just knowing, I mean, you've been in sports where it's team, 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 and your team kind of changes to a lot of you with people that are working on things that you might not understand yet. How did that all work for you being, I mean, you played quarterback. I mean, you, you know how you want to be hands-on. How did that feel for you? Yeah. The racing it's, I mean, you just have your crew and my crew is just my dad, my cousin Camden and my dad's friend Ed. And that was basically our week to week crew. That was just thrashing on the car, trying to get me to go fast and get better every week. And so when you started out in go-karts, you started obviously – now, if I could compare go-karts, is this like across the bridge go-karts, Papio, Fun Park go, go-karts? go You know what I mean? Like how fast do go-karts go first? I'd say uh, we were going about 40, 45. And all and, dirt? Yeah. It, we weren't really drifting, but, I mean, it's not the fastest, but it's good to get into racing. Be more comparable to you to Joe's karting versus the Papio fun. Park. Okay. Um, they're still probably 10 or 15 miles an hour faster. But when he started that, he was only 12 or 13. So he was in the younger age group. So as they get older, they make the go kart, let the go karts go faster. And is it all based off of like a governor, based off of size, based off of places like NASCAR? They put in the carburetors and they all have to run the same ones. So. Not fair. Not fair. Well, it's got to be fair, right? Oh. Well, ultimately, I guess, but <laughs> but when when you guys are going, man, as a spectator, I'm just like, that is so cool. Do you ever feel that way as well? Yeah, I mean, I when I used to watch my dad, I, it's just cool to see him go fast and win, and everyone like all my new buddies, new friends that I make, the older guys because there's not really young people. So the old people, I I mean, I like watching people go fast. It's it's pretty fun. fun. Age is just a number, right? Yes. And and it's weird because you're now 16, right? 15. Or still 15. So you're still 15. I mean, you're not even to a point of like really getting in with the adults. How do you feel you fit in when you get around the older car guys? Do they do they feel like they can teach you a few things or do they kind of go shoe fly shoe? <laughs> I mean, most of the guys are I mean, a lot of them respect me cuz I try not to wreck anyone and i try to be respectful to everyone and i mean all the all the guys like me i think and uh, i'm friends with mostly all the guys i mean they give me tips every once in a while and uh yeah hopefully i can beat them now as a team do you guys feel like you're slowly growing at the pace you want or do you feel he's kind of edging to be faster bigger um i think we're at the exact pace we were, I mean, even after we started the season, we're way, he's way faster and better than I thought he was going to be even at the end of last season. So I never anticipated him being up front of any of the races or winning any races the first year. Cause it's just, it's a big deal. You're going a hundred mile an hour. Um, no fenders. I mean, tires touch, they're done. I mean, he, he turned a lot of heads. He showed a lot of people that he knows what he's doing. And I didn't teach him a, a dang thing. If I would say. I mean, I hold on, I, hold on. Now I, I want, I want, want this recorded. <laughs> how many fathers? Rewind that yeah. How many fathers say that? Right, Brian? I mean, right. you're a father of three. You know how it goes. You, you like to 
accept some victories, but to be able to pass down where he got his love from you, mm-hmm. but yet you're giving him all the credit you can give him. Sure. And the, to, the, it's, it must be so proud. You look out there and you see the relationships that he's made as well. You had mentioned uh, to get to what Kendall was talking about. Uh, people enjoy watching the races and, and the results, but you can also uh, be in the car. You can feel the car. And that's something, you know, through how every part of that car works. And that's something you can take with you after you're done racing. And so when you compare that, now you're driving a, on a school permit, I would take it probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> school permit. School them back. That so is it. Just does, school them back. How does that work? Honestly, how do you go from being able to race a hundred miles an hour to have to drive a car for school. That's the I best mean, permit ever. It's just a it's just a four cylinder Toyota Camry, so he has that very much power. Do you ever feel like you're gonna gas on it, or are you you okay to have the control? I mean, once I turn sixteen, things might go farther, but I can't really do anything right now. Well, while you're speaking of your age, obviously, you how do you fit in a schedule? I mean, obviously, you do golf. You've done football. How do you fit that into your schedule, and how are you still able to maintain the outside on the weekends with racing? Because obviously your big time is between April and pretty much football season. How do you kind of coast through all the sports and putting it all together? Well, just I just try to do everything for school because school grades are – pretty important and then so it'd be school first and then any sports and then racing but racing's really fun and i'd like to go full time like big time around the world but right now when i'm in school i just try to get to as many races as i can when i'm in school and then the summer is pretty much a lot of racing and a lot of golf man that's not a bad combo. I mean, I told him I did play golf in high school, and, I mean, to be able to just go play golf for free is amazing. But to be good at it, as you're doing, how how does that feel as well? I mean, this, how long have you been golfing? Oh, I think that I started golfing when I was about eight or nine. I, and then I just took a break, and then when I came became a freshman last year, I just joined the golf team, and then I've gotten closer to golf since then. And, and and Mark, as you're sitting back here just watching this all unfold, and obviously this day and age, I mean, people are pushing trade schools over, you know, college. How do you battle those things with him wanting to take his racing career to the next level? Obviously, he knows school's important. He's going to finish high school. But then how do you guide that beyond? I mean, there's, I mean, the chance of him racing race cars full-time is is probably the same amount of percentage as your kids playing baseball percentage full-time. It's just a matter of how we can do everything in our power to get them there. And then at that point, sometimes other forces have to take over whether it's cause it's, it's always going to come down to finances in the end. I mean, we, he can race with the full-time guys right now as long if we can afford to do it, but it's, it's just a matter of that. So school, I think is going to be important. He did. We find out here in the next couple of days if he got into one of the metro things for start his junior senior year. For I mean, he's going down the auto path, which I think would would work well with what he's doing. Um, and I think if he were to go down that path, um, the opportunities are going to be better to join those type of people together for him to race with, you know, and stuff like that. So 
um we're we've never held them back we've never pushed them in a certain direction but it's it's just sitting here kind of waiting and I just I couldn't help but think when you talked about golf, it's like he's better than me at golf. He's better than me. <laughs> he's better than me in racing. So I was like, I don't teach him anything for golf. I just get the car there to the racetrack and um just kind of let him go do his thing. So yeah, the golf thing, there's a there's a good chance that, that could I mean he could go to college for golf. There's a lot of kids going to college there's for golf. There's a lot now, of so, scholarships that are um, unused more than anything else when it comes but to at that, that sport. point. If he was to go take go to college for golf basically really almost have to take four years off of racing at that point because it would just they wouldn't be able to work both ways so uh, maybe just little i mean we could probably still pull it off just not as much as we are now i mean we raced 50 times last year and there's at least 50 on the schedule this year so well and why you brought up money obviously i think one of the hardest things to explain is like the amount of people that have to back you up uh this this right here is one of their sponsors cops pizza they are a mom and pop business um, that that I'll let them talk about how I mean, how do you invest when you got COVID COVID-19 coming? I mean, that's crazy. But here's their story. Cops Pizza out of Papillion. Hello, I'm uh, Chris Cop with Cops Pizza. So just starting right before the start of COVID-19, obviously brought on a lot of uh, adventures, uh, scary moments and things like that. But out of, uh, you know, difficult times, it brings, you know, like great opportunities and allowed us to really expand our business by you know, delivering to all of Omaha, Papillion, Bellevue really uh, helped us get our name out there and uh, become a brand that can uh, grow in Omaha. You know, sponsoring Cole is, is an awesome thing. And, uh, you know, he's got a great future ahead of him. And the opportunity to uh, grow together is just amazing. And, you know, when you're younger, you always think of being able to do stuff like this. So having that opportunity is just, you know, just awesome. And it's uh, going to be a great journey growing with Cole together. Uh, yes, yeah, so we have uh, the location we're at right now at uh, Papillion Shadow Lake Town Center. We also have a location at 180th and Center and one off 72nd and Jones over by Nebraska Furniture Mart. So, Mark, when you think of and Cole, you think of COVID. Brian, we've been through COVID. It was it was world changing. Could you imagine adding something like this to the adventure? Obviously, they started right before. No, we I raced during COVID. Well, you raced during yeah. COVID. Yeah. But for his, you got him going right before all that started. What what do you think the mindset has to be in order to keep something like that going? Well, you want as a as a, from your point of view, I'm assuming that it's like, you know what? Let's let's do what we can. Let's let's follow the rules and get everything going. But it, it's still at that point, you guys still have to uh, adjust and and build what what your career has become now. And uh, so that's got to be such a tough choice. So many different. People had to make weird, uh, weird changes, and it's unprecedented. And what do you think your guys' biggest uh, struggle or biggest uh, hurdle was during COVID that you remember, Cole? Do you remember anything of it? I don't, I don't really. I mean, you got to sit home out of school. That's the hardest part. What <laughs> a sacrifice! It opened up more time for me to be at the shop working on the car. So I don't know if that's sacrifice. That was a weird COVID because I didn't want to interrupt you, but. I remember right when it because right when it happened and it was supposed to be practice time because what was that March or end of March yeah. or April and you know the first couple of days at Eagle Raceway is practice time and like all right you're gonna go out there you got to pit twenty feet apart from each other you got to stay by your trailer <laughs> nobody can do this nobody so can this is outside this is once again this yeah, is outside. outside and you had to um, you had to stay at your trailer couldn't walk around and stand next to other people and the spectators wanted to come they had to park in their car up along the turns one and two they couldn't sit in the stands and 
it just you know kept getting oh my kept getting better and better i mean we still pulled the season off it was probably not very financially good for the racetracks but they still managed to find a way to pull it all off but and for you was there any change or any feelings that you had when you had to do the racing when it came to covid because we'll obviously you're already masked up right i mean you're already covered for a possible fire or yeah so we went to the tulsa shootout with our micro the end of that year i think and uh, we had to wear a mask and it was just crazy because there was thousands of people inside a big <laughs> building with a bunch of race cars and a bunch of people and you just had to wear a mask unless you were in the car driving that's basically the only time you couldn't so would you say during that time it was more of your team was your only people you really kind of stuck to and talked to compared to now you're starting to mingle and feel more comfortable? Because the COVID years for him was it was when he started. He just did go-karts that year. So there's not as many people at the go-kart races as the big kart races. So that wasn't. And we had the, you know, the cloth, the, you know, the cloth whole mass that went around your neck and everything. That's the one what everybody wore. So, um you would almost think it was nothing different, you know, because, yeah, we were outside and they all had the rules that we could get away with this right. and away with that. But and so you think about it, I don't know if it really even took anything away from his experience that year for racing. But I don't know what Now, have you done any working in between all this to add to it? Yeah, I've been working at high V since I think October, so not really during racing, but during the war off season i guess so then even let's let's just explain one week of golf like right now what does your one week look like between golf working on a car and work and homework well like i, we, I have practice every day i got a tournament this wednesday so yeah i go i go to school every morning till 3 3 30 and then i uh, go to golf till like six and then sometimes i'll go work on the race car after golf or just go do homework and play i racing at home or whatever and then on the weekends i'll just go work on the work at hy V or go play golf or work on the race cars pretty much it so when you talk about playing games brian you and i start from where it begins mark's with us back on the atari probably even further back than that but if you look at racing games as you grew up what was your favorite racing game Oh, you know, the, the, I, I don't start with me cause I'm just, I remember Pong, you know, okay. That, that's about as sophisticated. Did you play Mario Kart? My kids with the kids. Okay. Mario Kart. I, you know, what was your favorite growing up? Well, it was Mario Kart. We had Monaco. It was Ayrton Senna, Monaco GP on Sega. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> so compared to now, I haven't seen the new technology. I did actually have. I think it was on the PlayStation One. I had the the steering wheel and the brakes and the and the pedals. It's a little different now. I mean, is it like a whole chair to where it moves with him? His doesn't, but they are there are some that do. Like, so he's got what they call eye racing. So he has VR as well. So he wears a VR headset, and he's his steering wheel is custom steering wheel. It's the same size as the one in his car. He's got force feedback, um, or he can take the VR off and go on the TV. Um, and that one, I racing, you only race against other people. You can't just go, you can practice, but you can't race against the computer type of thing. So you're only racing against guys online all over the nation, all over the world, really. A lot of his friends race and they're always just racing each other and talking to each other the whole time, talking. Smoke. So do you smoke them when you race them? 
Most people I do. <laughs> Very nice. Are you going around? This is this is so weak. It, it's not like this for real. You ever do that? No. Okay. Sometimes. <laughs> I got you. Wait. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not like this for real. This is how we do it, though. But when you're playing these games online, how does it compare and how do you feel compared to reality? Because obviously I do a job where I dispatch life flight helicopters. They have to do simulators. But I just couldn't imagine like how real it feels to when you're really on that track. Yeah, obviously you get the adrenaline when you're going 100 miles real life right next to a bunch of people going 100 miles an hour. But instead of like behind a computer screen in a VR, I mean, it feels feels the same. You just don't get the the head going back. Do you get you're... motion sickness or no? No, I think I might have in the first couple times, but I'm used to it now. Yeah, that would be my kind of worry. I, I'm okay with like things that move as long as the air is blowing. But once you stop the air blowing and I'm seeing things move, it can get scary. So when you're looking at speaking of scary, how's mom on all this? I'll let, I'll let dad answer first and then see how. Well, if, if you ever been to the dirt track races, yeah, I mean, they sell alcohol there. So it's, she's, she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. She's fine. She's, fine. It's, <laughs> it's a, she's a mom. I mean, no, I don't think there's any mom out there that wants to go see their son do what he does, but she's got really used to it over the last couple of years. And now she's there and she gets excited. She understands it's safe and she's understands also that if there's risk, but um, she's getting, I think she's getting uh, more used to it every, every week. And as he gets faster and it gets better then he's, she's probably going to be. So do you feel like she cares more about when he did it compared to when you do it? I think she was scared when I did it too. Really? I mean, not as bad. Yeah, I just I just don't think it'd be as she has bad. way more people coming up to her at the races now saying, Oh my god, how do you do this with your son going out there? And I don't think she had anybody <laughs> selling one as me. <laughs> so Cole, how do you feel like with mom watching it? I mean, obviously you guys are a tight knit family. Those are things you want to cherish, those are things you want to live by. Um, how does it feel having mom, your sister, and all that's you know, they're cheering, but also knowing that you're always a worry on their mind? Yeah, I mean, right when I pull out of the track, I get pushed off, and then I go on the front stretch, and they're sit, sitting on their, in the stands. And sometimes, every, mostly every week, they bring a bunch of friends. Like, my sister will bring her cheer team every once in a while. My mom will bring her work, or there'll just be a lot of people there cheering for me. So, And obviously, they're probably going to be worried, but they always want to see me do good and succeed. But, yeah, when every time I go on the front stretch, I wave at them. So... So they know I'm, I'm looking. You at know them. where they are, and yeah, you know and they're looking. She sits, and they sit in the same spot every time, so it's easy to remember. And is it is is most of the tracks that you race on set up the same with the crowd and with the with the track? I mean, I think most of them, the stands, all the stands are always on the front stretch. Um, some have people in the inside the track. Some have in the back stretch. But Eagle, I mean, Eagle is just not comparable to anybody else. I mean, they get the most people out of all the tracks we go to. They're I think I've heard they average anywhere from three to five thousand a night out there at Eagle. So, but when we go up to Houston, South Dakota, or Brandon, South Dakota, by Sioux Falls, that's another very, very big, well-known track in the country. They don't get as many people at Sunday night, but that track is—I mean, it's it. You go there for the first time, you feel like you're going to a NASCAR track, which is great. So, now, how does weather affect what you do? Actually, if and affects a lot because <laughs> last year the first race of the season it was a season opener and we had to 
we had to go to my sister's cheer competition in Florida for the week, so we had to miss it. But then, uh, luckily, it we thought it was going to rain out, and it, which it did. So then we didn't have to miss a race at Eagle the whole year, and that was the only one we missed. Sometimes it rains out every week, but now when you say rain out, is it to to, to get it muddy? Is it just? I mean, rain out for everybody's different. Like for Some, me, I don't put mowers on <laughs> on wet grass. I just don't do it. You know what I mean? Like some tracks can't handle any amount of rain. You know, gotcha. Some tracks can handle Eagle Raceway. I mean, I talk about it. It's my favorite track. So it's we've raced there when it rained all the way up till five o'clock. They said no, we're still going to race, and we started racing like eight or nine to start the show. They want to get the show in, um, but a lot of it also it depends on how what their pits are. The pits rock or gravel. Or are they just grass and mud? Like at Denison, um, we pit in the infield, and it's all just grass and mud. It rains at all. We almost get stuck in the pits if we don't get out of there fast enough, right? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> and so at like a Houston Speedway, theirs is all pavement and pits. So a lot of track, it depends how well they're irrigated and how bad they can they can handle the rain. But but you got to imagine, though, as a track owner, they, if they don't run that night, they lose all that money. So when you're only open a certain amount of, a certain amount of years and you're planning on it, we're going to get this in. That's just what they do. So, get to work. Uh, we want to race every single night, but there's just sometimes that they just, they'll know they try to cancel it as soon as they can, if they know it's not going to happen. So people don't drive and, and get stuff like we're supposed to race in Harlan this weekend. It's supposed to snow and rain there Thursday and Friday. It's supposed to be 60, maybe on Saturday. We're supposed to race there Friday and Saturday. I'm like, well, Saturday might be able to happen, but it's going to be, and it really changes the weather changes how the track's going to be too. When we get there, we're, that would be one thing I guess we would struggle with. We're not knowledgeable enough yet to be able to adjust to those track conditions. Cause it's a completely, different, completely different track. Once it rains or snows. Yep. I was going to ask. So what, what do you think is, is some of your hardest adjustments to make? And what do you think is something you can easily switch out and know that you're going to get something from it? Well, I mean, like we have the wing on top that we can move up and down. We got how we can change tire pressures. There's like there's a lot of things that you can change. Change stagger. It's it's probably limitless. Limitless. Uh, how much you can change on the car. And when you're doing this, is it off of a computer base, knowledge base, or trust the older guys? It's off of history. It's off of what everybody else does. It's off of um, oh, if it tracks this, you're going to make these changes. If it's this, it's this change. Um, I've been around enough. I know what the changes will do, but like he said, we could change a hundred things and then you over, you over, over adjust. adjust the car. So some guys will never change anything. They just run the same thing every night and just get used to it. He's still new enough now that we probably, sh- he just needs to learn how to drive the car on a million different setups. And I mean, it's just amazing that he's racing against some of those guys since the eighties and nineties, the, the guy that just won the championship there two years ago won the championship in the nineties. I mean, so he's got, he's raced more years than Cole's raced times at the track, you know? Or yeah. Laps. It's for just, sure. But so that knowledge, that guy knows what he's going to do. He doesn't need to guess. So he's just, but this is, we feel this is a big year for us and we're going to make, we're going to make the big changes this year. And it's either a sink or swim type of deal or, or whatever you want to say that. And Cole, if, if there's anything, obviously, you know, when it comes to students, when it comes to parents, the other sports take president, football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, all that. If I have someone checking this out for racing, what 
besides your dad made you who you want to be right now when it comes to racing? What was something? Because obviously you play football, you play basketball. Like, what racing? Yeah, I mean, my dad just just going to the racetrack every night in the summer or every Saturday night and going with him to the long travels and, like, three-hour tracks away. And it's just – I just got a lot of love for it. Um, I just – really into it since it's got i've gotten more into it more into it every every year and just hopefully i can get even more into it and start winning and obviously mark you were a coach now you don't you get to kind of sit back you said what you said about your son how does that sit for you how as a parent can you help pass on some relations obviously money is the number one thing we understand that but there is other routes they can go there is smaller things they can go join a race team at Joe's card. And I believe they do it, you know, um, but what are some things that you could pass on from a parent? That's just even just to keep their kid busy. If they like racing. It's for people. We still run across people that have never, ever been to the races and every new person we bring to the track. They're like, Oh my God, I never knew this was a thing. It's wow. like a whole nother world. And so anytime we get a chance to bring new friends out or some of his friends out, they're all just like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this and you're racing this. He's got teachers and coaches that are that have watched and are going to keep coming to watch. And just it's amazing to watch at that point. But one of the things that I like to say about racing and now golf with him is he can race for the rest of his life now. I mean, he can golf for the rest of his life. Football, I mean, you're going to be done with football at a point. You're going to be done with basketball at a point. It's like he's just choosing something. We didn't tell him what to do, yes or no, in basketball or football. We, we let him make up all of his own decisions. We're not forcing him to do anything. Um, but we kind of like it to how he's found that love for golf that he can do ever. And it just so happens that if he did race full time, what those guys do in between races is all they do is golf. So it's, it's about perfect for him. So. <laughs> That's some training. That's some training right there. He's, he's got Way both go, skills Cole. he needs. He, <laughs> he just needs to find the right sponsors and the right team to get on. And he could do it for the rest of his life. And, and when you're speaking of the right sponsors, right teams, is there any connections in this area that can help you get out? And maybe that's not what is needed. I don't know. I just know sometimes to get the big pie, you got to get up out of your own city and out of your own way because of what's available here. It's not a matter of you can't race. You are racing. But there's bigger pie to be had elsewhere. What is that like? Oh, I think for so the if you don't know, so the top level for sprint cars, what he races is called the world of outlaws. So they race 82 times a year from February till November. And they race two or three nights a week. Um, and they'll race in Pennsylvania one week and then they'll be in Missouri the next week. Then they're in Florida. At that point, you're just traveling. You're doing it full time. So at that point, which is years away on my timeline at this point, he thinks it's in two years when he graduates high school, which it hey, might be. It hey, might be. if it is, it's on here. We yeah, all know yeah, right it's recorded. I, I will get in my RV and I will drive and watch him race. That's, that's the goal in the end. But at that point is what I'm working on now is we're working on getting the sponsors, forming the relationships now, because what it will take for us, if we were to do it on our own, which not very many people do it on their own anymore is you got to have that national sponsor that, notices something and sees the benefits of it. So we're starting locally now with some pretty nice companies that we partnered with to show them how we can spread the awareness about those sponsors. And so you build that portfolio over the next couple of years, and then I could be able to show and have the big meetings with some national companies and, and show what we can do if we were to, 
go on to that next step at a higher level. But at the same time, if he was to even if you've heard about it in NASCAR, for him to go in the world of outlaws, it's you need to bring the money. Okay. There's teams out there that that have all the cars and a race world of outlaws. If you bring me the money or you bring the sponsors, so I have a better chance of bringing them sponsors than I do the money. So I'm going to work the sponsor side at this point. So, and I do everything I can for both my kids is to get them to fulfill all their goals. And it's, it's nothing but time for me at this point, just trying to say the right things and do the right things and find the right people and connections. So, I mean, at a local level here, if there's anybody watching it, be, you know, somebody that knows somebody that's, it's, that's the name of the game in racing. Well, and I, I like the fact that you brought up know somebody that knows somebody. This last sponsor um, that I wanted to go talk to uh, is it Chariot of Hopes, right? Chariots for Hope. Chariots for Hope. Why don't you just tell a little bit before she explains kind of how your guys have worked together in this whole thing? Well, we met Michelle and Jason through Gina V Physical Therapy, his mom, my wife, our PT business. Um, I was doing some networking groups every Friday or every Wednesday, we have coffees every Wednesday morning and she had came and was a presenter at one of our groups. And I just loved their story. I loved everything about it. So in a nutshell, what they do is they, they get cars donated to them. They fix the cars up and then they, then they give them to um, struggling moms and dads that go through a certain process to get that car. And, but that's not just all they do. They, I mean, they all say, and we say it's beyond the car. After that, they also do classes weekly on how to do budgeting and how to do proper car maintenance. And they, they bring in the people that have struggled for a long time and bringing them, giving them all the tools. It's all faith-based and it's a nonprofit. And so we've had that relationship with them for six years and I've always put them on my car. I've always put them on the car. And then this year they wanted to be a bigger role, bigger part of it. And it's, it's, it's an amazing partnership that we have. And like, they're doing some big events and we're going to have the car there with the events. And it's just, it's just another way of spreading the word because now all his fans know what it's about and we're going to do some good things with them together and, and see if we can't help spread the word even more. So, cause they're getting bigger at the same time. We're getting bigger. Same with cops is getting bigger. We kind of try to look at things that would really jive and gel with us as a team. Well, and here's chariot for chariot hopes. Chariots for hope. Chariots for Hope. Thank you. We'll get that right. Chariots for Hope, as they just kind of share how many people they've been able to help through this process and what the connection to uh, these wonderful people right here mean. My name is Michelle Hart, and I work for Chariots for Hope. We started just nine years ago, and since then, we've been able to help provide reliable transportation to over 530 people. So Chariots, the number four hope is uh, .org. You can find us obviously online and all social media aspects, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, etc. Wow, we are thrilled to be sponsoring Cole Vanderheiden. What an extraordinary young man. His passion to race and to drive. Um, we're cars, he's cars. So we are excited for 2023 as Cole uh, jets out on the track. We will be there cheering him on. Uh, now, Cole, if we look last year, we're at a peak. We're at rookie of the year. You're in front of all your peers. What's the next step? Like, what what is all of your sponsors getting this year that's different than last year? Obviously, being a rookie's a rookie. Yeah, we're, I mean, we've grown, we've grew a lot over this last summer. Um, got a lot better, obviously, from drove, driving half throttle around the track to full throttle almost every lap so hopefully 
we can grow bigger and bigger every year um and get more more money more winnings from winning up more and uh grow more sponsors and just overall more people know us know me hopefully and and when you talk about the cold train and and where you're going to be how many racers are in your division that you have to go up against obviously i know every night every track it's different but if i'm looking at the local standings or the standings that matter how many racers is is the cold train up against i'd say there's about 30 30 or so people every maybe a little bit more uh every weekend weekly at eagle it varies from night to night from like the weather and over there's a lot of different ways that people had to come to the races so around 30 let me ask you this out of those 30 <clears throat> this is your chance this is a podcast is there one that really bothers you who who, who would that be not who, who's the one I, that causes you most problems? There's, there's not very there's not, not one not yet. Yet. okay i just wanted to give you a chance to you know but there's one you got to have like a grudge no grudges no, I, not even bad ones you can have good grudges no do you race any of your family no I used to race my cousin. Now he helps work on my car for this this racing, and he used to race go karts with me. And now he's working on my sprint car. So. And when you think when you said the go karts, what was like the winners like? I, I saw you got a little bit of indoor. Like, how does that keep your mojo right? Knowing that, yeah, these are fun. These are great, but is it just the competitiveness all around? Yeah, I think that's based more most of the reason that we went to uh, Joe's karting this past winter for the league is just getting more competitive and aggressive for like shoving and bumping every once in a while, whenever you need to, to get around a kid or a old man. <laughs> Cause that's yeah, kind of, I was going to say it's no longer kids. Uh, Cause that, I mean, his first year and everybody will tell you if you talk to him is for him to, go 50 races with this without ever wrecking the car was, was unheard of. I mean, there's guys that have been doing it for 20 years that wreck three cars a year. So, I mean, that's just it. I'm going to knock on some wood. I don't and... know of any other wood in this building right now. Okay. Maybe it, <laughs> yeah. Nope. That's plastic. Uh, uh, but yes, <laughs> but, but one of those main reasons is he was, he's a very careful driver. He's very calculated. He's not going to take risks that he knows aren't worth it at that point, because there's a lot of points on the track. It's like, okay, I could, go try to pass both these guys right here for seventh or eighth place, but it's not going to gain me anything unless I think I'm going to make it all the way to the front. So, but going to the go-karts, it really, that was the best thing I think about us. They beat and bang on each other. They, you understand that you got to go to the front right now. If you're going to win this race, you got to win it right now. It's just kind of, so what you're saying is we could end up with someone he hates in the top 30. (laughs) Oh, there's going to be a rivalry. Someday, someday. I'm calling out whoever that is. We'll just fast forward and just this is the one you want to watch out for. Cold train in the house. Right. Cold train. As we finish you up out of here, what is your goal? One for your schooling and one for your track this year. As you finish up, uh, golf is already almost half season. I mean, it's crazy how quick it all goes. Yeah. Hopefully I can do good in my tournaments for the rest of the, the school golf. And hopefully I can end school good on a good note. And then, uh, racing starting here this week or next week and hopefully we have a really good year and by the end of the year I'd, I'd say my main goal is to get 
a lot or make at least make all A's mains and win at least like 10 races. <laughs> Write you that one that? down. On you hear pod, that yeah. now. All right. So now the reality, oh, I shot. mean, he he's coming in hot. What, what's, what's your goal as a father for him for this year? Obviously last year was something you can shine on. You'd say you've obviously backed him up properly, but what's, what's some of the goals you see for him that he I, might not see? I mean, I, I think as a as a dad, if he was to get all top tens and fifty and all, I mean, top and obviously just like in if you're racing anywhere, or you're doing any kind of competition, you want to have consistent finishes. Um, he got eighth place in points this year at Eagle Raceway because he went every single week and he was consistently there and he didn't he didn't not finish the races that he was in. So just to continue that pace, that's my goal for him. If if he can continue to do what he did last year, but he's just going to get better and have better and better finishes every year. So um but as even as a national wise and he did get second in the nation second in the national rookie of the year as well but so and just to consistently get better is the goal i mean he's going to make the rivalries will come when he starts winning races at, at eagle race because there's so many good drivers at eagle they've been there's guys that they only race eagle raceway and that's just what they do that's their life um they're not going to want him to come in in their win. So it's just they all like him right now. I just don't know how long they're going to like him if he wins. Well, do you feel those other eyes on you? Because you are the guy that you 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 they can pick you out in the crowd. And as you're going through your your competitors and stuff like that, can you feel them checking you out, saying, "There's the kid, there's the guy." Hold on, you said it right there, the kid. No. He's got to have that. What's his nickname in the in the? It's Coltrane, but we. I mean, I know what you. I'm meant. a branding, but it's they've all. It's either Choo Choo or Coltrane. It's, okay. They'll send say a young gun, they'll kid, whatever it is. It depends which announcer is announcing that night. But <laughs> if you come with a nickname, they call you by the nickname. So, um, we're ready. We're ready for it. But, um, but as well, if he beats them fair and square, they'll respect him, and that's that's the biggest thing for me is they all respect him. I think in it. That's something to be proud of. And we'll get you guys out of here on this one. Obviously, he spoke enough about who his favorite track was, where it was. You're getting to travel. You're getting a little peace. You guys obviously have been down to Oklahoma. Where is the funnest place to race, and where is your favorite track so far? I I mean, I like, I really like Eagle Raceway because uh, it's close and just local, and we can go there every week and can be competitive and run up front most of the time and mid pack. But then when we go to Houston's, uh, I really like Houston's. It's really fun track, uh, tight and smooth. Um, yeah, it's Houston's is probably, I like, I can't decide Houston's or Eagle, but one of the, they're both super fast, super fun, big crowd. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people there watching, uh, live streams and it's just super fun to race and go fast. Well, I like what he brought out. He said enough. He said, drive fast. Don't be afraid to come out to Eagle Raceway. That's one of his favorites is for sure dad's favorite. This is, again, a Herd at production. I'm DJ K-Dub Omaha. This is Cole Coltrane Vanderheiden. His dad, Mark Vanderheiden, who started the racing dream for him. My guy, Spoon Man. He's quiet, but I tell you, when he brings something up, He's the one that got me where I am today. I appreciate everybody once again. Wired Access Podcast. A Heard at Sports Network production.